Hi everybody and welcome back to B2B Nav. Um, for the BDI amongst you, you will notice that we have a shiny new format and some new kit as well. So we wanted to kind of evolve um, our podcast offering. Obviously for our listeners, um, the main purpose when we set this up was to help our clients navigate the ever-evolving B2B marketing landscape and that hasn't changed. Uh, we just wanted to open up the kind of presenters a bit more, show some more depth and breadth in our team and our team members and capture more opinions outside mine and uh, Ollie's. So today we are joined by Paul Finch, um, who is a CGI and visual effects specialist here at BDB. Um, how long have you been with us now, Paul? Um, January, so five months. So it's, we, we've had, a, I guess as an agency, a hectic five months, yes. kind of immersing ourselves and learning ourselves um, alongside you kind of the world of CGI do you want to give us a bit of an intro about <clears> yourself um, what your kind of career is today in that field and, and how things kicked off for you in the world of CGI yeah um, originally was um, a CAD designer a company that were engineering company um, progressed to CGI through the fact that I went to do a stop start animation course and it got cancelled yeah. and then someone said as you're doing CAD why not try 3D I love that as a story <laughs> That was it. Um, then progressed through to um, then companies who were doing architectural visualization, and that's yeah. basically where I built all my skill base up. Mm -hmm. um, and then expanded out on, in my own time into mm -hmm. different areas such as visual effects and, and all forms of CGI. Okay, so we're we're focusing on, on CGI as a topic for this particular episode because obviously we're doing more and more in that space. It's a relatively new service offering for us. But I think we've been learning along the way there's a lot of misconceptions, a lot of hurdles, a lot of things you need to be aware of, a lot of terminology particularly that I'm constantly trying to get my head around and trying to Google very quickly when people are speaking to me. Um, but I think a lot of other agencies will be looking at that as well. And obviously it's a relatively new comms tactic for our clients to explore. Mm -hmm. So flipping one your way, Ollie, in the sense of like where does where does CGI where could it fit into that B two B marketing kind of funnel I guess because I think there's a misconception or preconception maybe is a better way of phrasing it uh, in B two B that it's not a tool that would be used in the B two B arena. Yeah, and I guess you you don't see it used uh, at least in our type of clients all that often. Mm -hmm. But um, there's a lot of different ways it can be used, and I'm, I'm sure if you you start thinking of probably ways uh, that it can be used to your business if you're listening now. Mm -hmm. So I guess one aspect is if you start thinking about creating 3D uh, CG models of your products or service offerings, mm -hmm. and why might you do that? To be able to easily take it to customers, to show them, to illustrate uh, what you do, to illustrate how your component or ingredient goes into something larger. All these things can be done through CG that give it a much more real feel. Mm -hmm. And then you can you can use that as, as part of your marketing collateral, but also as part of your sales process. So you can start taking that to customers, whether that's physical or it's more often than not these days, mm -hmm. remote. Yeah, okay. So it's definitely got a place in the B2B arena. I guess, I'll, my, I think my role on this podcast today is probably to ask the silly questions, but in the sense of <laughs> CGI, visual effects, 3D, motion, are all loosely grouped together, I would say. But then, can you give us a run-through of from motion, which most of the listeners and most of our clients will be familiar with in the sense of video, mm -hmm. um, I guess through to the animated elements, through to how you end up with in the CGI arena when you're pushing those boundaries. How do they all play together? Because they're grouped together in a lot of agencies, aren't they? One yeah. department. <clears throat> yeah. What's your take on that side of things? Um, my my take is, is that um, I think with the, the combination, if you've got if you've got access to all all four areas, mm -hmm. then you can then create some pretty bespoke mm -hmm. 
video, so to speak, if it's um, I think that um, there's a lot of people, and there's a lot, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of good um, stock footage out there that you can utilise and and obviously use. But I think if you've got something that, that want, you want it to feel a little bit more personal yeah. and a little bit more, you've got a bit more control of, then... Yeah. That's when the CGI comes comes in. Okay. Sorry. So the personalization aspect of it is absolutely huge at the minute with people trying to take it and make it more ownable and more unique to themselves. So I think we see, particularly when we're saying about stock imagery or stock video or stock models for that mm. from that perspective as well, in terms of pre-built models that have already been built in CGI by somebody else. But you do need to have the skills either from your agency provider or somebody like yourself within the ranks of who can therefore take it that next level and personalize it further yeah. and build something out. Okay. And then in terms of some of the, the, the process side of things, so if we've got a client, they're thinking maybe they could have a, an application for it. And one of, the, again, one of the questions that came from the team was I get that CGI is great for things like cars yeah. and vehicles and kind of hard CGI, do you, what do you yeah, call hard, it? Hard surface. Hard surface, yeah, I'm learning. <laughs> so in the sense of that's more of a, an easy application, I think, for people to connect with. That there's a big piece of kit that they want to recreate and show and, and, and show off. Obviously, a lot of our clients are more in potentially food ingredients, health, nutrients, and there's more, is a powder or something mm. like that at the end of the day. So across those clients, where, where do you even start with CGI? What is the starting point of kind of the, the process that you go through to even start thinking about embracing it as a new part of your communication strategy? Well, in, in terms of, um, <clears throat> from a CGI point of view, you've got... Um, two categories really which, mm. you've, which is your, your hard surface modelling like you mentioned yeah. and then you've got your organic modelling now okay. organic modelling is, is is stuff more along the lines of plants humans okay. characters but in terms of powders and stuff like that you can actually utilise these you can make powders dance about You can, I don't know if you've ever seen the was it the there was a, a juice commercial that used dancing people that was in the water. Now, obviously, nobody knows a person that's made out of water. Yeah. So, therefore, they've had to recreate that in, in CGI. Right. And that's where it's 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 really useful because you can expand your horizons. It's, I've always said that if, if you could think about it, we we can do it. That's mm-hmm. that's the whole, that's the beauty of, of, yeah. of CGI. Mm-hmm. And also, in combination with the motion side, we can integrate into into the, the stock footage, so to speak. And we can so, put your product on... So in that case, it's effectively creating a, a video that's got something that you just couldn't do another way. You couldn't create something that looked like a, a an animated character made of water or juice or whatever it might be. So it's, it's giving you, yeah, the, these also, capabilities that you wouldn't have with other forms of animation effectively. Yeah, but also you've, you've got the, the beauty of, um, so say, like you say, with product shots, mm-hmm. you product, like we've got set up here, lighting, yeah. Yeah. Um, it takes time to set this up. And then if you set this up again, it might be slightly different. Yeah. But what you do in, in CGI, you create a product, you light it, you then go away from it, you can go away for 12, 18 months, as long as you want. Mm-hmm. When you come back, that's going to look exactly the same mm-hmm. as it did before. Yeah. And you've got that that continuity in, in terms of, say, you, say you've got um, a magazine shoot, for example, and you've got 150 products, and then two years later, you've got 250 products. Those extra 100, the cameras might change, yeah. the lighting systems might change. Yeah. So therefore, it's going to look different within your magazine, whereas with, within the CGI, you've got it set up, ready to go. Okay. So I guess in terms of the process, I also think about from a client's perspective in the sense of, so let's say they have some capsule technologies, small tablets that we all take, and I'm sure we do paracetamols or whatever it may be. 
there's powder that goes inside there and they want to show that off in some way. So let's, let's use that as an example, I guess, that they want to showcase this in, in some way using CGI. Where do they even start with that process with us? Obviously, from a uh, communication strategy perspective, we'd, I'd be interested in speaking to them around what's the purpose of it, mm-hmm. how does it fit into your campaign, what you're hoping it'll do, what do you want it to, how do you want your stakeholders to engage with it and resonate with your audience. But from a CG perspective, where do you even start with a brief, if you know what I mean? Is, is it sketches, mood boards, is it, what's the process you go through to, to end up with your end capsule dancing or whatever it may be, if you know what I mean, that comes to life? Yeah, we've, <clears throat> I mean, the process that um, we use is is initial initial brief, mm-hmm. we want this. Yeah. We then go away, we then create mood boards of what we think or different, five or six different options of what we think it should do and how it should work and, and we pre- present that to the client. They then give us a more narrowed mood, bo- mood board back. Yeah. We then sketch out ideas, sketch out storyboards for animations if we've got that sort of thing going on. Mm-hmm. And then, again, goes back to client, mm-hmm. signed off. Mm-hmm. You then start um, something called a claim modeling stage, right. which is exactly what it says on the tin. All models are built, but they're made to look like clay, or you can do whiteout, or it's basically an untextured, unmaterial mm-hmm. version. So what the whiteout, my understanding of it is, that's so the user doesn't get distracted to yes. an extent in terms of with colours on. So yeah. for anybody familiar with like a web development process, this will be like the wireframe stage where we're yes. showing you here's the shape of things to come, mm-hmm. but it doesn't look final yet. Yes, so. it's 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 exactly that, and and also it gives the it gives that at that moment it gives the client a chance to pick a camera angle, to pick a camera movement if they want, yeah. to um, to finalise almost if it's animation mm-hmm. to finalise all those those areas so that then. When it gets to the texturing, lighting, and rendering stage, mm-hmm. it, there's no there's no fallback. It's it's like the client's seeing it, they're happy with it, and therefore they know what they're going to get in. Mm-hmm. The, the the good part about the next stage after that is the is it, we then go to the texturing stage and lighting stage, mm-hmm. and the, these are really key stages because they, you can actually obviously set the mood with your lighting. Yeah. Um. So saw a few things recently where <clears throat> they've they've shown different lighting for different scenes. And um, it goes from a, a lovely summer scene to yeah. like a horror movie, and it's just the changing of the lights. Wow. Yeah. And 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 it's these these sorts of things that that really affect the the, the final outcome. And if you piece. don't if you don't work in the space, I, like, I'm new to it, so I'm constantly learning this kind of thing and trying to watch videos and learn as much as I can about it. But in the sense, if you don't work in the space, I don't think. I understood not how easy it is, but it's almost like turning a light switch on and off between day and night, so to speak, or if you want dust settings and so on and so on. Um, but the, light, to, the lighting affects so much, isn't it? In a way, yeah. but it's just a, a, one thing. It's easy to think about it if you just think about your own home. If you just go into yeah. to a room and you've got the main lights on, if you switch them off and turn mm-hmm. a little side lamp on, there's a good odds that it's going to feel a little bit warmer and more intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's just a small light changing you're doing that but to a much larger scale in, yeah. in a CG environment yeah well we're using um, uh, it's, it's called a HDR which is high dynamic range image mm-hmm. within a, a dome light which is effectively if you think of um, a sound stage with a dome with an image projected on it mm-hmm. and then I think I think they're using it at the moment for a lot of the, the take, it's taken away from green screening at the moment mm-hmm. in terms of like I don't know whether you've seen um Shows such as a Mandalorian and stuff like that that are yeah. on on Disney Plus, um, but it's and it was also done for the Lion King, and what it does is it takes away the green screen, so you're getting natural bounces of light on people's faces. Right. So it's like we'll be getting a nice blue and white from here, yeah. But 
if you change that image, then it changes the look and feel of, of everything. And it's, it's almost on that scale where we're putting like a big sphere around it with the light source in it. Mm-hmm. And with the high dynamic range, that you're actually using the light from that image. So it's been captured within the image and it's, it's, it makes a more natural, natural feel. Okay. And then I guess going back to the process side of things to finish it off. So we've got we've gone from mood boards <coughs> to kind of refined mood boards to sketches to whiteouts, clay models to the build, uh, the texture and the lighting. At that point, you're getting towards hopefully they're getting happy with it. At this yeah. point, well, hopefully, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> that, I mean, the 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 process is put in place to protect both us and the client. Yeah, yeah. In terms of, we don't want to go to you know, I I've, I've got quite quite a an imagination I've been told mm-hmm. since I was a child as well yeah. <laughs> but um, I've got an imagination I can go off on tangents but yeah. if I am if I spend three weeks working on something and then it comes back and the client goes that's not what we thought yeah. and it's a waste of their time it's a waste of my time or our time sorry but if I can if I can separate these stages up into small yeah. sections then yeah. it means it means that they can go back and say that's not what we wanted and we sort of go okay that's that's fine but you're only going back it's yeah. like it's like the autosave feature mm-hmm. you're, you're only going back ten minutes as opposed to but again, I guess that's the importance. It is like wireframing on a website, yeah. isn't it? That you've got to sign off at each one of the stages to an extent as well, because it's very easy for opinions to change mm. when they start seeing it lit, as an example, yeah. or with different textures. And we can come on to that in a bit. Obviously, once the design's kind of finalised and and you're happy with it, regardless of whether this is a world, a product, a, a piece of kit, a machinery, whatever it is, then it goes to render the famous rendering <laughs> process, yeah. which I've been learning a lot about recently. <laughs> I've invested in the kit and the software the talent and and everything else that we need to at our end now that's a whole different part of the process i guess in terms of there's some complexities around that so before we jump in too far at that end is it worth winding back to some some of the stumbling blocks that we come across with clients or from ourselves that have across those respective stages because it's obviously the mood boards so the mood boards are inspirational inspiration and conceptual i guess at the start mm-hmm. agreed yeah um but on CGI, you almost need to narrow it a lot further. I think. Do you agree? Do you agree? Yeah. No, no, I, I totally agree. That's why we've, um, with with one of the current projects we're working on, mm-hmm. um, we've added in another stage, which yeah. is is a look a finalised yeah. mood board. This is this is the building you want. Yeah. This is the environment you want. This is the rooms you want. Yeah. Right. Cool. We 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 can we can. And I guess it really comes down to what you're doing, doesn't it? Because mm. if somebody said, "Here is our physical product," or "Here's blueprints to our physical product," yeah. when you build it, that's a completely different kettle of fish. There's yeah. very little creativity to that. Mm-hmm. It's just let's build this as an accurate representation as possible as we can of that. And I, I gather from previous projects that sometimes you do have these blueprints and you can be super detailed. Other times you're working off photography and there's a lot of filling in the blanks and trying to figure out what's that thing that's happening behind that other object and you can't see, so it mm-hmm. ends up with a bit more back and forth. But then I guess, like you say, we've got these uh, like 3D environments that we're working on now where yeah, the, it's just so open, the world is your oyster and it's... What do you want to design? So from that point of view, that's where the mood boards come in to to help to refine ideas before you just go off on a million different. Yeah. You know. Builds. I think it is that limitless opportunity though, which can trip people up, including ourselves. I've done it. I know I have for a fact and move things up, move things along in different directions when you don't, in, you don't even intend to in a way. But the fact with CGI, because there's a quote on it, but the fact you can think it, you can build it because it's, it's, there is no mm. limit to it in a way, is there? Yeah, in a sense. But because of that, you've got to be very clear with, is this mood board conceptual, inspirational, so you want something in that theme or style, or do you want that hmm. 
desk, floor, whatever it could be, if you know what I mean, thinking of some of the worlds that we've created recently. And I think that's quite an interesting point for the client. Is it an inspirational mood board or is it you want that item to look exactly like that? Mm-hmm. Um, which I know sounds very basic, but I do think it's quite an important factor because quite often we'll take something as inspiration and style and they go, no, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was that one I wanted, that one, the, the fourth one on the right. And we've had the same conversely yeah. as well where we've yeah. created something that was like a like-for-like recreation of a photo and then we had to make some what were effectively quite minor tweaks afterwards but just to basically warm up a, a, a client's mm-hmm. you know own facilities that we'd made which involved adding a bit of like mood lighting and, and more decorative objects and plants to a room that in real life didn't have any of them mm-hmm. yeah. that's it well that's it the, 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 the process is in place for, for exactly that but also it's it's there's, you, you, you can find that the, the mood boards that a client can come in with a mood board and say this is what I want. Mm-hmm. I want it to look, feel like this. Mm-hmm. You build it. They 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 sign off the the clay modeling, white modeling stage. They like they love the building. They love the environment and everything. It then gets to the texturing stage, and it's like that's not what I. I that is what I wanted, mm-hmm. but it's not what I want now. And and yeah. a lot of the times with CGI, the, one of the frustrations is, is the fact that you can build something exactly how someone wants. Yeah, but what they didn't take into account is that that's not exactly what they wanted yeah. because they're once they see it it's, it's not, mm. not I, exactly. I think that's a really really interesting point because I think that's one of the things that we've uh, we, we've learned building our own <clears> world <throat> we've built uh, you know I say William you know but I mean <laughs> we've learned along the way definitely for sure but I think from a client's perspective if I was a client and you have a certain colour palette mm. as an example or a certain uh, brand guide then you expect your brand guide and colour palette and they use this as a crass example to look a certain way because you see what it looks like in your in your PDF booklet that you send around everybody with your brand guide in. But then when it's applied in the CGI world, as an example that we do in Virtual Visitor, um, it can look very, very different depending on what surface and yeah, so well, on. You, you, you were articulating so well earlier. I did, I did a test this, um, this morning um, just to show a few people that I've got, um, I picked a red colour, a totally 100% red, 255 yeah. right across the board, um, and then applied it to a floor tile, um, a fabric tile, a car paint, mm-hmm. and then just a normal standard reflective material. And out of the four objects that it was put on, it was all put on the same object, or yeah. using the same lighting, or using the same camera, yeah. it looks totally, totally different. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 something that, um, in clients in the past, where... Um, I mean, I was asked a question today. It's like, well, what would you do in that situation? Mm-hmm. And it's a case of you've got to you've got to use your artistic eye and, and pull yeah. it as close as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. But I've also had, had clients in the past say, well, that's not what I want it to look like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the same thing happens in real life as well, doesn't mm-hmm. it? It's just I think our eyes correct for it. Whereas you know, if we, if we see a material in a virtual world that's got different lighting hitting it. It, it's a bit different in real life we can understand that it's oh that's glass and there's there's a shadow hitting that point and the sunshine on that point and therefore if you actually took a sample of a photo of that glass and looked at the different exact colors used on different parts of that glass it would look um they would actually be completely different colors but when we see it in in real life we see that as one color yeah despite the shadow and the reflection and everything going all over it but i think that's a big part of the process that i i personally learned and we've learned from it in the sense of telling your client that at the start of the process yeah. that this isn't going to look exactly how you think it's going to look because obviously I waded into it thinking okay red's red you know yeah. <laughs> if you don't work in it you don't really know that so I think that that's a, it's just a really interesting point to manage the client's expectations or manage it on the project of 
does it have to look exactly like that Coke can does in this current lighting, or do you want it to be an accurate representation of what it looks like across the lighting yeah. and so on? But yeah, that's 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 the thing is the fact that, like I say, um, in the past I've had um, coloured coloured glass, mm. and then the client saying that's that's not what I want it to look like. And yeah. So look, that that's what it will look like. <laughs> that is what and it looks going, like. Yeah, but I don't want it to look like that. And yeah. Like, well, you you've you've given us the material. Yeah. Because that's that's the other thing as well with with a lot of stuff now, you can you can pretty much match. Yeah. To to a, a very small difference, yep. the exact material that people are going to be using nowadays, mm-hmm. um, for like carbon fiber and and, and glass. I was going to say when we say materials, you literally mean yeah, wood finish, yeah. concrete floor, whatever it may be, marble, the rest of it. And yeah. that changes obviously the way the light reflects off it. So if you've got a marble floor, <coughs> the light will shine off it. If you've got a wooden floor, it'll be a bit duller. Yeah, but also you get you get um, color bounces as well. So it's like we've got a white surface here. Mm-hmm. Um, what you'll probably see is the coat can. The bounce off the reflective coat can will give you like a red sort of edge yeah. you won't notice it because like you said before your eye compensates for that yeah but when you do that in a in a cgi world <laughs> it will automatically do that and you sort and that's that's where where having having the knowledge but also a bit a bit of um a bit of an artistic eye to sort of say well i can because that's that's the other thing that you can do with cgi is the fact that if you don't want that to reflect red mm-hmm. i can put a reflection pass in there that will make that reflect whatever color you want it to yeah and also, I can put a, a, a shadow color that will make the shadow color, and that's 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 where the, the that's where the limitless potential comes into it, it though, isn't it? Because you can literally do whatever you whatever yeah. you want. Because one of the questions I was going to say in a follow up to that, I guess, to kind of close the loop on the the colors side of things, because I do think it's an important point. Was let's say they want it to look exactly like the the Pantone references in their brand guide of red, using the coke can, sticking with that for the meantime. You can manipulate that to, mm-hmm. to still make it to force it to look in that direction, either through taking something external into Photoshop, I guess, or, yeah. or within the software itself. Well, a lot, a lot of a lot of the CGI done because that's why it's called a CGI. Yeah, is is the fact it's a computer generated. It's not just a three D model mm-hmm. that's been rendered. Mm-hmm. It's then taken into Photoshop or After Effects and treated. Yeah, and then it's color graded as well, probably in Premiere. Mm-hmm. So you've got three three major major pieces of software there just to create one video one image mm-hmm. and and that's the thing so so yes we can we can aim to get the red of the can mm-hmm. and during the render time if it's not quite right we then can go in and do post-production work on it and pull the color back in okay but generally we try and get it as right as possible like mm-hmm. for a recent one one of the it was the, the cladding was a slightly mm-hmm. different color and yeah. it wasn't reflecting how they wanted so i went in and added a blue uh, gradient so that when it went up to a certain height it was white but when it came down it was a blue so much subtlety in and, there though, yeah. in the design that you know yeah. to the naked eye you probably wouldn't even see it but to actually get it to but also a lot of these a lot of these times you're getting a photograph as as a mood board image that has been edited mm-hmm. you're, not, you're not getting raw photographs you're getting the best photograph that they took so it will have been that will have been edited and tweaked so yeah. that mm-hmm. lighting's affected differently and colours bounce more mm-hmm. Okay. I think another, just one more point before we completely move from that subject. So I think it's related but not the same. Is um, it, you need to kind of approach this, particularly when you're talking about creating, let's say, a uh, an environment as opposed to creating a model of something. Is you need to approach it a bit more like interior design in terms of understanding that all these elements are balanced together. So if we've got a wooden floor, um, that needs to be balanced with what kind of material is on the wall mm-hmm. and things like that. Because otherwise you change one thing and, and it throws everything off out of balance. So I think 
that's just a, an important learning that we've we've seen over the last um, last few months to make sure that all all uh, changes are kind of taken into account how that will affect the the rest of the um, the CG render that's been going on. Okay, another couple of points to wrap up this section, I guess, before we move the conversation forward. Similar to the colours, another thing that's always on my hit list now is like the, the, the depth perspective or distance yeah. from the camera. Depth of field. Thank you. <laughs> um, so in the sense of, we've had a lot of clients, you know, um, in, in the world of building for virtual visitors, potentially if you've got a screen in the background, um, and quite rightfully so, they say that's a bit blurry, you know, yeah. the screen, we can't see our logo clear enough or the name of the event isn't crisp enough on that screen. Explain that one to us because that's come up quite a lot. So, um, well, the the easy test is is put your hand in front of your face and look at your hand, and everything else behind is blurred. Yeah. Look at the stuff behind your hands blurred. Yeah. That's 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 effectively what Z depth or depth of field is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's done the same in photography, mm-hmm. um, and I I use depth of field in a post production way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me, because if you do it in a post production way, you can take it out, you can reduce it, you can increase it that's the the beauty of having this z depth pass yeah which basically is a it's a white Im- black and white image mm-hmm. with grayscale in between mm-hmm. and whichever color you choose as your blurred option yeah is that color so for argument's sake black yeah. and whatever's in white and you apply it over the top of your image animation yeah. and you can you can actually force people's pers- perspectives mm-hmm. and some force people to look at something by mm-hmm. By pulling pulling the image and sort of saying that's the bit we should be focusing on here. So you got a bit of bit of depth, bit of field of blur here, mm-hmm. a lot of field of blur in the back. There's mm-hmm. your image in the middle. But it's exactly the same, I suppose, when you think about <coughs> something in real life, isn't it? So if we've got uh, a lorry as an easy example, and it's slightly side on to us, but the the front cab's near us, whatever's going on at the back is more likely to be blurry if we're looking at the front, just like yeah. you say there. So mm-hmm. the same would apply to a a three D model of the same thing, or a CG model of the same thing. It, it's also um, it's also a way of creating more realism within your images and your animations because your, your eye naturally does it mm-hmm. so um, like I say my, my job is to make you think that I've done nothing that's that's my, my job yeah. if it um, I think I was I was watching um, I was watching a, a, a video the other day and uh, someone was saying that during they they worked at a company um, Pixar Mm-hmm. they worked there for 20 years mm-hmm. and during their whole time at Pixar they've got 41 minutes of screen time That's they've worked on so many you, know, you think of in 20 years the amount of films that Pixar have produced and they've got a grand total of 41 minutes of screen time and that's that's the thing it's is a the quick CV entry isn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, hell of a show really. hell of a show really, I imagine yeah. But, um, but yeah that's, that's the thing is the fact that if you can see my stuff then I'm not doing it correctly that's the whole yeah. point and that's that's something that you have to get your head around as well is the fact that you don't I don't want people to notice that I've done that that's not well that's that's that some, that sometimes is where it either looks too real because you've forced it to be adjusted I guess for the screens and things like that because I've seen it in some of the environments that we've done and some of the previous ones obviously where you have the video screen and it's almost too crisp <laughs> maybe it's been overcorrected or something obviously because the client wants it to be clear for their yeah. logo they can they can have what they want but in the sense of I think that's a an interesting point sometimes because the, the more realistic it is and more realistic a representation of what it would be to the naked eye the more uh, naturally feels it's kind of an immersive process so I think we're going to park there for, for the meantime and come back to the conversation in part two which we've never done before either so why not break our part two duck um, for this episode as well there's obviously a lot more to speak about on this topic I think it's an interesting topic and 
something that hopefully a lot of our clients and prospects will get a lot of use out of us. So um, we'll leave it there for me time. Um, feel free to check out our knowledge at www.b2bknowledge.com for all our content um, and collateral helping our clients navigate the B2B marketing landscape. And we will see you in part two for the continuation of the CGI combo. Thanks guys.